glad you're here. My name is Crispina French, and I'm your host of the Rags to Riches podcast. I'm an OG textile alchemist, worked my way through art school making ragamuffins from thrift store sweaters way back in the 1980s. That college side hustle grew into a full-fledged business, and here I am to show you that you can do that too. Together, we'll navigate hurdles, challenges, and accomplishments while crafting your profitable textile upcycling business to serve you and the planet. My guests and I will cover topics including material sourcing, business savvy, product development, sales and marketing, and self-care. Overcoming struggles, celebrating wins, and reaping rewards of running your very own textile upcycling business is what we are all about. Are you ready to be inspired, energized, and supported? This is the Rags to Riches Textile Upcycling Podcast. Are you a textile-centric crafter who loves vintage yardage, unusual fabrics, notions, and sewing tools and tutorials? Maybe you are a sewing teacher in need of cool and inexpensive cloth for students. Whether sewing high-end bespoke couture or experimenting with new textile-making processes, SwansonsFabrics.com, located in the heart of Turner's Falls, Massachusetts, has just what you need. You can shop online or at the very well-organized and jam-packed store. Swanson's Fabrics is a thrift shop of fabric, notions, and textile tools. It's a community repurposing the leftover collections of home sewers, addressing the reality that we have enough fabric and craft supplies for generations stored right in our very own attics and closets. Swanson's makes it very easy to pass on an excessive fabric stash and find inspirational treasure for sewing projects. Additionally, Katherine Swanson hosts an online group for entrepreneurs interested in using her business model for fabric thrift stores in their communities. Find Swanson Fabrics at swansonfabrics.com and on TikTok and Instagram. Hi, guys. Today, I'm really excited and um, looking forward to learning about this really super cool business, you guys. Um, Amelia Trumbull is with me today, and she is from a company called Retold Recycling. Amelia, welcome. Thank you so much for joining. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. So Amelia um, has this business called Retold Recycling. And you know, I, I want to learn all about it, but it, what it, you can send her in, in, you know, her business, old textiles that you're no longer using. And it's a model that I've, I'm just really inquisitive about. I think it's such a brilliant idea for people to have this like super accessible way of getting their clothing, their, their unwanted textiles into a stream that does not involve the landfill. So welcome, Amelia. Talk about like, what, how does your business work? And just give us kind of an overview. Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, you teed it up perfectly. That's exactly what we do. Um, so Retold Recycling is a male-based you know, business that comes straight into your home for ultimate convenience, where you can go on our website, retoldrecycling.com, and order our yellow bags. They are around the size of a pillowcase, and they hold around five pounds. And so you can order bags from our website. We send them straight to your home and they all come with a mailing label attached. So the postage is included. So all you need to do is a big declutter in your house or we have a lot of our customers have an ongoing recycling practice, which is what we really love to endorse. 
And yeah, you can just throw all of your unwanted textile items in your retail bag. And then once it's full, seal it up and then just drop it in the post. And it's very convenient if you have a mail pickup at your house, or you can even take it into your work and drop it in the mail room there potentially. Or even if you are going to a USPS, it's great because you don't have to stand in line. It's already got the label attached. And then what happens with the yellow bags is that they come through the post to us. That's something that was very important to us. We didn't really want to be adding extra routes um, to, to freight those bags. So they all go through the normal USPS routes. And then they get to our recycling partner where the bags are opened and sorted. And then depending on the quality of the item and the fabrication, um, they're sorted to go on to their next life. And the majority of the items that come through to us go to thrift stores, to be honest. Um, obviously, we've all, you know, have an awareness of how much thrifting has expanded over the last couple of years, which is very exciting. Um, so a lot of items go into thrift, a thrift store channel. And then um, the rest of the items are effectively downcycled mostly um, to rag companies or processors. And then those um, outputs obviously go on to have another life. So that's the retold process in general for um, our bag product. And then since we launched in 2020, we also have a whole lot of brands and companies that are coming to us to help them recycle as well, which is super exciting. So that's the B2B side of what we do. That is so, so cool. Wow. So I'm just kind of wrapping my head around. So you're Mm -hmm. bringing this stuff in now. Now, don't be deceived by this girl's beautiful accent. (laughs) <laughs> this company is based in LA, am I right? Is that where things come into? Is that where your recycling partner is located as well? We actually, no, they're actually um, located in a couple of different hubs across the US. But yeah, everything retold is based here in the US serving um, you know American customers. It just so happens that my co-founder, Alan, and I are both Aussie, but we've, we've lived in the US for over 15 years. So we just haven't lost our accents. That's all. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I love it. I love your accent. I just, so are you, is that kind of like you're, you're in the United States right now? I can imagine this is going to be global before you're done, right? Yeah, absolutely. We would love to, you know, Canada is like the first location that we've got our site set on for international expansion, mainly because we have so many Canadian customers finding us generally through Instagram and coming to us and saying like, you know, can, can we send some stuff in? Um, so that's a no brainer in terms of expansion. And we'd, we'd really love to get on that next year, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. So it's growing. That's so, so cool. So, um, I always like to kind of dig in a little bit to people's histories. Like how did you first get interested in, you know, textiles? Like, okay, there's so many textiles. Like, what do we do? Like, how did that come to you first? Like where, what part of your life was that? Yeah, it's interesting. So my co, so there was three of us who originally started Retold and we all worked together at Mac Cosmetics. Um, so we all had different parts, you know, our roles were all part of the marketing function there. And, and as a crew, we'd always talked about potentially spinning off and starting our own company. And one of the things that really underpinned our conversation is that we wanted to leave that kind of corporate life and we, it was very important to us that whatever we started, we were going to be doing good for the world. So was it something charitable? You know, was it for the environment? Was it for other sort of, you know, sectors? Um, and so we had that percolating, I guess, in the back of our minds. 
And at the same time, when we were having sort of like, you know, some serious, like, let's do something conversations, I was actually um, renovating my closets in a small Brooklyn apartment. And so I was personally decluttering and I was taking Ubers because I obviously didn't have a car in Brooklyn. Some people do, but I didn't. Um, taking Ubers to Goodwill to try and donate things. I was selling things online. I was then schlepping them down to, you know, a UPS store to drop them off if I was selling things. And then, you know, I was like having all of these different practices that frankly were very time consuming and kind of costing me money to, you know, get things out of my home. And then there are all of the items that I'm sort of looking at in my closet, like, you know, underpants or an old bra or a t-shirt that I'd worn to the gym many, many times that I felt like I couldn't donate. And, and in my consciousness, I was like, well, what do I do with this stuff? And all of it kind of crystallizes an idea, one from a convenience perspective, like how can you get things out of your home in a very easy turnkey way where it's just like way less effort? And then two, you know, how do you, you know, like, what do you do with those things that normally, to be honest, I would have thrown away. And that's where I kind of had that personal aha moment of actually I'm contributing to landfill here. Like this is not cool. And, you know, I kind of love shopping. I love clothes. I love fashion and it's a, it's a hobby for me. So I I knew I wasn't going to necessarily really significantly cut back. So it was just going to be an ongoing Thing that I needed to deal with, and then when I talked through that with um, my you know partners, they also came at it from different angles too. Noelle had kids, and she was like, "Oh my god, the amount of things that are stained or they just grow out of so fast and rips and tears." You know, I would love to be able to have a solution for that kind of thing. And Alan had also just moved, and he was like, "Well, you know, I didn't have to move half of this stuff, but it was actually easier to just." throw it in a box and send it cross country than it was to get it out of my home. And so we all kind of had these like things that crystallized for us around the problem. And then we just set about solving it effectively, which is our yellow bags. And as I said before, you know, getting them into your home in a really easy and convenient way. And for us, it was important to have that mailing label attached up front. So you, you didn't have to go and line up at the post office, etc. So that's how it all kind of came about, like from our business perspective. Um, and then to be honest, you know, we spent a long time trying to find recycling partners who would handle the back end. So we're obviously all marketing professionals. We know how to acquire customers. We know how to educate. We know how to manage all of those comms, but we knew nothing about recycling. So that's where, you know, it took a year and a half to find the first amazing partner that we still work with today. And that was really what clicked everything into place. So yeah, it was an interesting and roundabout way that we came to it. Um, But, you know, I think that speaks to a lot of like entrepreneurial efforts where you work out a need and then you find that solution. It's basically what we did. Yeah, it's like I, I often refer to us entrepreneurs as solutionaries, right? Like we, mm-hmm. there's, you know, some people see problems and they go, oh yeah, well, I can't do that. And we see problems and go like, let's make a business. Let's fix it. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, yeah, yeah, that is so, so cool. So you were talking about how, you know, the convenience factor is so um, important. And I feel like, you know, actually, I don't know that I've ever really acknowledged how important that is because, Everybody has a trash can, 
right? Mm-hmm. Everybody can just like go throw that old bra or that single sock right in the trash and not have to ever think about it again. And that's like, you know, in their mind, the convenience outweighs anything else because I just got to get rid of it, right? Yep. And you've set yourself up with this model so that next to the, you know, in, in my household, we have the bottles and cans and the paper and the trash. And now the, the, the next thing is a yellow bag for the textiles, right? Like that yeah. is, that's just really cool. The other thing um, I just uh, really, you know, yeah, you're marketing professionals and yeah, you have this, um, this experience to develop your, your customer base, but you're really living the dream. Like you're, you're walking the talk, you know, it's like your bags, like they look like plastic, but yet they are biodegradable and like finding that and sourcing that. Like, I'm sure there's uh, a lot of thought and effort that went into that. So can you speak to the other, like the kind of back end of how you make your business cohesive and hang together that way? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the bags were fundamental for us. Like it was an absolute non-negotiable that, you know, we were never going to have a poly bag that we're shipping around in. And to be honest, for a long time, we looked at more like cloth bags or even like bags made of recycled denim or something like that, that could go through the post. But it was just hard because the items that are sent in the yellow bags don't come back to us per se. They go to our recycling partner. So then how do we get them back to put them in the post and the carbon footprint of that? So there was a lot of things that we considered I mean, to be honest, like a lot of, you know, we've only been up and running since 2020 and there are a lot of things that even we would like to innovate on. You know, we would love to become B Corp certified. We would love to really look at um, getting very granular on, you know, sort of like our carbon footprint around the freight portion of our business. Um, you know, there's a lot more that we would love to do, but at its at its core, Uh, We don't have a headquarters, so we don't sort of use energy. You know, everyone works from home. You know, everyone's sort of remote. Um, So we really don't do a lot of that. We might meet up as a team a couple of times a year, but that's it. Um, So we're very sort of, you know, lo-fi on that angle. You know, our bags, obviously, as I said, they're made from cornstarch, so they're compostable and biodegradable. All of our paper materials are made of recycled materials, um, you know, it's just that now it's like part of our consciousness. It's so core to our DNA to really have the environment in mind. And so, we, we, you know, we just are trying to do the best that we can all of the time. Um, interestingly, you know, a couple of months ago, we haven't talked about it yet, but we had the amazing opportunity of airing on Shark Tank. And we had a little party to celebrate the airing and have a bit of a watch party with our friends. And, you know, we did get a bit carried away and we got some shark-shaped helium balloons and right, rightfully for the party. And rightfully, you know, we had someone message us and say, hey, that's not really that eco-friendly. Like, the, you know, that's, that's actually kind of not cool. Like, you guys should be, like, walking the talk more. And I was like, you know what, actually fair point. But, I mean, I think it speaks to the fact that we're all being educated on things and, and when we can, when we know better, we will do better. And, you know, we're not all perfect. So I think, you know, it really speaks to our brand in that, you know, we're living and breathing it and, you know, working in it too, just as everyone else is. So it's like, how can we just do better than we did yesterday? Yeah. But the good news is that those shark balloons, then my daughter literally has been playing with them ever since. They're still, like, there's one that's still blown up in her bedroom. So it kind of did get a second life, you know? So yeah. hoping it, yeah. it's not and just as awareness, as right? Like, it out. Yeah, to have the awareness of like 
oh, oh, wow, you didn't know. And now, you know, like it's, it's, Mm. I feel like there's um, a couple points I just want to touch on and, you know, to do your best today, you know, maybe it's better than you were able to do yesterday because now you have a little bit more information and tomorrow, you know, tomorrow you'll have a little bit more information. So no judgment, no finger pointing, there's no room or need for blame or whatever. I feel like that is sort of like this underpinning that happens in textile upcycling across the board, you know, having been in the fashion industry, and I'm sure in your corporate history, you know, there was a sort of like this fickle sort of competitive, like, you know, Mm -hmm. don't look at what I'm doing, because you're going to copy it. Don't like steal my ideas. And I feel like in our setting today in textile upcycling, it feels much more collaborative. It feels mm-hmm. more like, oh, you're doing something that's in, you know, you're doing the best you can. I'm doing the best I can. How can I help you do your best? And how can you help me do my best? Like, there's just this desire. I totally for agree. Who, you know, yeah. So my guests here on the podcast, people who present with us at the summit, like there's just this level of like connection because we all share a passion, right? That's really for mm-hmm. the general good. So yeah, uh, absolutely. Also, you know, to be honest, the landfill is big enough, and the problem is big enough that we can all exist to be trying to help the solution. You know, so you know, I I sort of talk about that. You know, people are asking me like, well, what if there were competitors to retold that are really emerged in the space? I'm like, there is more than enough waste, unfortunately, to go around. Fast fashion is not going away. So not that I really like want to welcome cannibalization of our business, but, you know, I, I do definitely feel like we try and approach things in a very collaborative way. We, we call a lot of other companies that we, you know, check in with every now and then our sustainable friends and we're always up for making more sustainable friends. Yeah. Yeah. And I think one thing that you, you said then that, you know, we obviously like we came to this business, you know, trying to make it a commercial venture. We, you know, we're marketing professionals and, you know, we were building a recycling business in air quotes, but, really what we found is that we're more of an education business to be honest because we because it's a new it's a new category that we've effectively built like there are uh, some other bag programs out there obviously but they're generally attached to other businesses and this is our core reason for being and so we've really had you know another aha moment within our business is that to actually convert people to use the service we actually have to educate them And then we have to educate them and give them the tools to educate those around them. And that's really where a lot of our, you know, growth is coming from is people referring to their friends because the amount of people that still just unfortunately don't realize by throwing your old underpants in the trash, you are adding to landfill. And so the more we can get that word out there, the more we can sort of get to our mission, which is we, you know, our sort of like sole focus is no landfill. That's what we say. That's our hashtag, our mission and our reason for being. So yeah, it's really dialing up on that non-judgy, very collaborative educational piece. Yeah, that's so cool. Hey, if you're just tuning in with me, I am so excited to be learning from my friend Amelia Trumbull from Retold Recycling. And we're going to take a quick break and come back and learn more about what happens to the product that she gets returned to her in her yellow bag. So stay tuned and we'll be right back. 
Today's episode of Rags to Riches podcast is brought to you by the Stitcherhood Recycling Society, my online membership community for creative textile upcycling, recycling, and reuse entrepreneurs. Inspiration, shared experience, tutorials, business savvy, and connection to a whole posse of people who understand the passion and intricacies of running an environmentally kind creative textile upcycling biz. Daily posts, weekly stitch hours, book recommendations, group chats, member profiles, and strong connections is what you can expect when you join Stitcherhood. Head on over to stitcherhood.crispina.eco and sign up for a free seven-day trial to see if my Stitcherhood Recycling Society is a good fit for you and your textile upcycling business. Hey, we're back with Amelia Trumbull from Retold Recycling and retoldrecycling.com is where you can learn all about um, her business that she has um, that actually enables people to conveniently recycle any kind of textile waste. I mean, we're talking home, you know, bed sheets, towels, rags, um, t-shirts, any kind of clothing. Um, I even saw on your website that you um, take back, you know, everything needs to be clean, of course. Yes, please, please wash first. You don't want anything dirty let me just tell you i know that for a fact um so you know cloth diapers were listed that's awesome like it's really a very uh accommodating and convenient way to know that your textile waste is not going in the landfill so i wonder how um you know as you work with partners that are helping you with the actual recycling part of things are you able to i don't know a dictate's not the right word, but are you able to have play a role in the end use of that material? Like I hear all stories about how a lot of our waste winds up in Chile and Ghana. And like, how does that, how do you keep that from being part of what happens to the, the things that you're, mm-hmm. you're working with? Well, thankfully, you know, firstly, when we found our recycling partner, we were very thrilled that the majority of their business is very domestic. So that kind of offshore piece um, is not really part of our workflow, to be honest. We can't say for sure that there's not some items that might go offshore for, um, you know, on selling, but um, the majority of it all is domestic and working with domestic partners, which is great. But, you know, really what we see with the majority of the items that get put in the, ba- in the bag is because we take the good stuff and the bad stuff. We literally, just as you said, take all household items. So, you know, we actually get a lot of designer clothing and, and stuff that can be resold. So a very large portion of it does go to thrift store networks, which is great. And then people can have their own, you know, upcycling projects or, you know, use whatever they want from thrift stores. And then the other partners that we deal with, like generally they have an end use. So from our recycling partner, other companies buy into that bulk. So they will take items that are great for rags, for rag companies that are used in a lot in hospitality and um, medical fields and hospitals, etc. And then a lot of it actually then ends up being downcycled with other partners, generally into a pulp. One of my favorite end uses for the pulp of things that are, are recycled is that they go inside like um, boxing bags, like punching bags. Um, so I love that. I love the idea that it can be part of the squishy floor at a kid's playground. It can be the inside of a car seat. So more and more that kind of bulk or like industry term for it is shoddy. There's more and more uses for that 
end end use. But to be honest, like that whole cyclical nature of being able to track the items that come in our yellow bags and then potentially make fashion out of that fabric with a new end use is very exciting to us. So we're in touch with a few different, um, we call them next generation fabric houses because once there's enough volume and we can control that um, workflow ourselves enough to get them what they need, we would love to start exploring that. Like we would love that you could put your items in one of your our yellow bags and then we're selling a yellow t-shirt that's made from the contents. Like that would be our holy grail. So more to come on that, more to come. That's so exciting. So yeah, I'd love to know as you're thinking about that, like the the future of your business and how, you know, if you could fast forward kind of like, you know, maybe a year or two or maybe three years out, like what would be just like the the perfect unfolding in your opinion? Like how do you see yeah. yourself um, and your business kind of walking into that future? Well, to be honest, like we've got pretty lofty goals. We at retail want to become synonymous with textile recycling. So it just basically becomes like second nature in your home. So it's just like, oh, I'm going to Amazon that, you know, into my house. I'm going to retail that out of my house. Um, So yeah, we want everyone really across America. And then as we expand internationally to have one of our yellow bags next to their laundry, you know, or, you know, in their closet for decluttering any of those items. And for it to really become second nature. And I think the key thing for us is like how we can encourage the population to have that awakening and understand their footprint when it does come to, you know, contributing to textile-based landfills. So we really would love that education piece so more people are aware and then more people to have, you know, an ongoing recycling practice and, and you know, always just choose retold for that service. So, yeah, that's, that's really so our goal. Cool. I love lofty goals, you know, my, my goal. And, um, I, I, sometimes I like wonder, like my goal when I started my business was I'm going to change the way that people consume textiles. I was 19 taken. I mm-hmm. thought that I could do it by myself with my, my business. I was going to take over the world And about, I guess it was really like, for me, it was like a few, like maybe five or six years in, I was like, there is no way, no matter how big my business grows, there is no way I can conquer this. So going back to speaking to that thing where, you know, you know, people asking you, like, aren't there other businesses that are your competitors? Well, people used to ask me, like, if I was ever going to run out of material. And I'm like, mm-hmm. absolutely, horrifyingly, no, there's no way in half no. ever, ever in a million years that I could ever possibly run out of material. And I feel like the same is true for your business model is like, even if everybody in the United States had a yellow bag next to their trash can and recycle bins in their pantry, there would still be enough room for as another company to have a piece of that as well. I feel like there's just people... I think a lot of people who are not so uh, inside of the industry have a very small understanding of the enormity of textile Mm -hmm. waste, right? Yeah, absolutely. um, Yeah, so I think that um, it's fine to have lofty goals. And I feel like, you know, it's been... 35 years, I think for me, I can't, I I lose track. I can't do math in my head quickly when I'm on a talking on a podcast, but people have actually, (laughs) you know, I can't tell you that it's been me single-handedly telling people like, Hey, don't forget to upcycle your clothing. But I do think that there's been, um, you know, there's an influence and it happens Mm -hmm. and it's just lovely to kind of like be here now and look back at, 
you know, we were talking and kind of joking a little bit before we hit the record button about how, you know, when I started my business, people were kind of horrified. People were oftentimes yeah. like sort of like really not sure if I was, you know, stable because like <laughs> I was making baby blankets and toys out of what they thought was garbage. And yeah, there's not that much of that um, now. People are more aware of their uh, opportunity, right? So um, mm-hmm. I feel like that is amazing. And I feel like if you have lofty goals, you achieve lofty uh Yeah, why play small, right? Right. I also think, you know, when you started your business, I don't, you know, there probably was, you know, some glass recycling or maybe paper, but it's really, I think, you know, more and more becoming a general practice of the population to recycle something in their home. And thankfully, more and more councils around the US are like bringing out programs, etc., So, you know, I think as people sort of like start having that behavior in other areas, they can then add that on. But you were just an amazing early adopter. Um, So, (laughs) yeah, a little bit of started that education. Yeah. 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 And I can't, honestly, I look back and I'm like, I can't believe like that this idea, like kind of sort of the same way, like an idea just kind of came to me, like, oh, I could do this job while I'm working my way through college turned into like my life's passion. I just, it wasn't something I was like, I'm going to write a business plan. Like, I think the first time I ever thought about a business plan was like 15 years in, you know, it's like, oh, what's a business plan? (laughs) But how good does it feel though? I mean, I have to say I'm very lucky, you know, I have had all of those big corporate jobs and I still consult actually on the side to a lot of other corporates as well. Um, But, you know, when you're, working day in day out in a mission driven business the feel good factor is so good like i you know i look at other companies and they're like oh you know we put on a volunteer day once a month you know for our staff to feel good about working here and it's like well our staff lives and breathes this every day like the celebratory nature when you know we tick over to another like right now we've um already diverted 65 um, tons of textiles away from landfill. Well, you know, the, the celebratory nature when we hit one of those big milestones is like epic within our business. Like we're all chatting and, you know, Slack's going crazy. So, you know, it's just like, it just, you know, really speaks to your heart because you know, you're having an impact, you know, you're doing the right thing. Um, so yeah, it feels really good. Highly motivating. Yeah, it's so true. It's so true. And I I have the same kind. And I think anybody who's upcycling in any way, I mean, upcycling, recycling, even downcycling, like if you're taking something that someone thought was trash, and even if you're only assigning that thing, a small value, it's, it was, it was a liability and suddenly it became the opposite, right? Like suddenly it had like this, Oh, that doesn't have to cost me money, money to go, you know, to make go away. I can actually turn it into something of value. I mean, it's, it's, it's mm. a pretty magical thing. So talk a little bit. So people go to your website, they buy a yep. bag, right? Yep. So Jump on retailrecycling.com. We have all different bag packs and subscriptions. Yep. Cool. So you can, you can sign up for like an individual bag, like to try it out and see if it works for you. Right. And then you can also, if it's something that, wow, that was super cool and easy, you can actually subscribe so that you get a certain bag every so often. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. So we have the annual subscription where you pay upfront for the whole year or quarterly subscription where you pay by the quarter. And for each of them though, you get three bags up front when you sign up and then we send you another bag each subsequent quarter for the rest of the year. So six bags across the a year to 
sort of keep everything out of your home. And then we also have our solo bag, our threesome, which is obviously a three pack, and then our closet clean out 10 pack. So even if you are subscribing, you might find like maybe you're going to move house. Um, you might order a 10 pack, you know, as a one-off just to really do a, a really big declutter. And more and more, we're also seeing um, sales of our gift cards do really well um, because people like giving that as a gift. Like it's a great idea, like when you have a baby to like give a, a retold um, gift card. So, you know, the new mum and dad can, you know, buy bags. And then for all of those baby things that, you know, like you can't get those stains out or, you know, like wear and tear, or maybe you've received some great hand-me-downs, but then they're not fit to pass on again you know, that retail bag is super handy. That's awesome. That's awesome. And then I was wondering, so just so you guys know, there's uh, at the show notes page, um, Amelia has been really generous and she's sharing a discount code. So if you want, I, I would just recommend, just try it out. Like it's something that, you know, for for me, you know, I actually don't generate a whole lot of textile waste in my household because I recycle it for a job. But um, for most people who I know who ask me, I had so many people asking me, like, what do I do with this stuff? Like, what do I do? Like, once the bed sheets have turned into rags and now I got rags that I I got too many, what do I do? It, this is what you do, guys. You get on retoldrecycling.com mm-hmm. and you get yourself a yellow bag and see if it works for you. Because if it's something that um, is easy, you're going to be much more prone to doing it. Right. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. So go to the show notes page, get the discount code um, there. And then also um, think about how this is going to impact like, you know, your friends and family. I mean, what, you know, the thing that I think happens for a lot of people who, you know, there's, there's the sort of, I sort of categorize people into two pools, the people who understand how to to upcycle and how, where do those clothes go? Like, you know, maybe there's actually, I have a lot of people who give me clothes. Like they give me, they know that Mm -hmm. I like cashmere sweaters and wool sweaters. I don't care if they have holes. I don't care if they have stains. I can use those, you know? So I get, people will send me that stuff, but there are those people who are aware that there's a place you can send stuff. Right. And then there's this other much larger group of people who just really wish they knew. They just mm-hmm. feel, they feel they have like this sort of, you know, environmental anxiety, which is actually a real thing. Right. And yeah. they just need to know that they can do something that's not going to cost them a ton of money. It's not going to spend the day. It's not going to be something that they have to like schedule on their calendar. It's just yeah. part of what happens. So yeah, spread their yeah. work. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, that's why we tried to make it as easy as possible as well. Like one solo bag is only fourteen fifty. So, you know, we, we don't think that's terribly prohibitive. And that includes shipping. Like, and oh my gosh. That's, one and done. Yeah. Um, and obviously we, we'll have a promo code, as you said, check the show notes. Um, so you can try it out on your first order. But the thing is like for us, you know, we're, we're often asked like how do, how do people start a recycling practice? And I'm like literally, you know, you must be a unicorn if you don't lose at least like one sock every couple of months in your washing process. Like we all have the solo sock problem. So just start there. Like even if it's just like odd sock, you can't find its friend, drop it in the retail bag. Pair of undies, that's not looking so great anymore. Like, you know, the lace is coming off, whatever it is in the retail bag. And just starting small and then like you will find the convenience of that. You just keep going. Then something's going to happen where you're going to get to a Saturday and you're going to be like, right, it's declutter day. Let's, you know, bring it on. 
and then you can kind of step up from there. But as you find the convenience and that practice is actually pretty seamlessly like woven into your life, that's when for sure you can, you know, you start spreading the word and, you know, we're all about like telling our friends like, oh, I've got a great hack or whatever. Yeah. I think that's very commonplace now. So yeah, we have a lot of our customers that are spreading the word because retail is a great hack for them getting things out of their home. Yeah. And, you know, like you said, we pretty much take everything. We just say, you know, please wash. Um, it's only things that are very, um, you know, hardware heavy that's quite challenging to recycle. But to be honest, a lot of that stuff goes into thrift stores anyway, like a leather jacket or whatever has a very high um, thrift store resale value. And, you know, it's really just things with a lot of like oil or paint on them that's challenging, but we don't get a lot of that, to be honest. Yeah. But yeah, we can take the take the foam out of your dog bed. We'll take that casing, um, you know, like a whole lot of, like you said, you know, scraps, rags, things that you might have reused and, you know, downcycled kind of in your home or given another purpose. Then once that's done, then we can take it as well. So, yeah, there's a lot of different ways that you can sort of start that behavior. But, um, yeah, we try That's to make so, it as easy as possible. It's such a service, Amelia. It's such a service. And, you know, when we're talking about, like, spreading the word, I think that, you know, one of the things that is so lovely about textile upcycling is that we, I mean, speaking personally, I feel like I'm part of the solution. I feel like I have the ability to address our environmental crisis with joy and creativity and it's fun for me, right? And there's mm -hmm. hundreds of people who don't have that. That's not part of what they do every day. And they have now this opportunity to actually build that into to their lives that are not focused on textile upcycling. And I feel like when someone has like a hack or, you know, a contact mm -hmm. with a company that is working really nicely for them, it feels really good to share that too. So um, yeah. again, just a really beautiful way to grow a business, support small businesses, address our, our global textile um, excessive consumption crisis and, um, you know, keep it in domestic, right? Like that's another really big piece of the retold recycling story that we didn't touch upon a lot, but just to know that you're the stuff that you're, um, you're discarding is not winding up in you know some southern hemisphere country where people don't have the um the ability to just stop the tide of the, mm -hmm. our um our excess right our our yep. waste so i thank will you. say the other yeah. yeah thank yeah our pleasure thank you um, one other thing on that note that we're very encouraged about is that amount of companies and brands finding us and saying, help us create a recycling program, whether it's offering a bag program to their customers to encourage that behavior, but also all of their back of house processing. So what can we do about their samples? What can we do about their returns? You know, excess production that they didn't account for, whatever, like how do we partner together and deal with that in a sustainable way? And that's one one area in which we're so thankful for our time on Shark Tank because that has really given us a platform of exposure to a lot of companies and brands. You know, we've even had, um, you know, companies that make, you know, trailer homes and they're outfitting like the couch or whatever in a, in a trailer with, you know, obviously their fabric and then they have offcuts. Okay, what can we do with that? So it's really not even like pigeonholed into the fashion space. Like there's so many companies that we can work with. We're talking 
to amazing hotel chains who want to, you know, offer bags to people who stay in their hotel so they're not throwing things in the trash in the room. We're talking to companies that, you know, um, rent out short-term apartments and old towels that they have. They want to send them to us for recycling. So, you know, really anything that touches textiles like is up for grabs, I think. And the amazing thing is that I really do feel like there's this groundswell of consciousness within the corporate space, like trying to work out, okay, how can we do the right thing with this stuff? Um, And thankfully, a lot of them are finding retold. So we're working on it together. It's really awesome. It's really, really awesome. I'm just so thankful for um, your ability to offer this service to people. And, you know, I'm just excited to watch, you know, how it unfolds and how it grows and how, you know, people, you know, I can imagine down the line having your collection be accessible to people who are using materials from the thrift stream to make new things, right? Like maybe you can become a supplier for people who have businesses that are looking for a particular type of fabric or clothing that could be Mm -hmm. sourced through your um, business. So I'm really good at planning everybody else's life. So (laughs) (laughs) feel free to send any ideas our way. (laughs) More than happy to keep collaborating. Well, it's really, really lovely to have you here. Thank you so much for sharing your story. I look forward to staying in touch. And um, yeah, if you're listening, just be sure that you hop over to that show notes page. Go to retoldrecycling.com. They're also on Instagram at retoldrecycling. So really accessible, really fun information, a lot of educational tools on um, your website. That's, you know, go, go check it out, guys. Okay. Um, Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for talking about Retold. Love it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hey, so I'm over here and I'm serving you a giant air hug because you just finished another episode of the Rags to Riches Textile Upcycling Podcast. Thank you for being with me. Our music is provided by The Lucky Five. Learn more about them at theluckyfive.com. Our show is produced and edited by Van Dalhyasen. If you want to dive in deep, head over to Rags to Riches Textile Upcycling Podcast.com. Mm-hmm.